You're listening to the International Family Church Podcast. Our ministry philosophy can be summed up in one statement. It's not about building a great church. It's about building a great people. We do this through our regular weekend services, life groups that meet throughout the week, and by helping people connect to their God-given purpose. We also provide resources to help you in your walk with God on our website, intlfamilychurch.com. There are topic-specific resources for men and women alike. You'll find teachings on a variety of subjects such as finance, marriage, and parenting. Or you may want to deepen your understanding of faith or prayer. Search through over 80 teachings by topic or speaker. Go to intlfamilychurch.com under the Resources tab to begin growing in your walk with God today. Coming up on Saturday, July 13th, we'll be joining hundreds of churches to take part in a nationwide initiative called Serve Day. Serve Day is an annual opportunity for the church to get out of the church and make a difference in the surrounding community. If you're passionate about helping people in a way that can impact their lives forever, we want to encourage you to join us for this special day. You can play an important role in helping others by spreading the love of Jesus in the greater Boston area and beyond. Be sure to mark your calendars for Serve Day, July 13th. Now here's today's message. Are you ready for God's Word today? We're going to start a brand new series, and uh, I'm excited about this today. So let's pray and believe God for God's Word to find good ground in your heart today. Father, thank you for this opportunity we have to study your Word today. I believe with all my heart that it's a good thing that we're here today. Lord, answer questions. Lord, the struggles that we go through, the doubts that we have. We pray, Father God, there's no better place than here in church to get our questions answered and, and to have assurance that you're with us and you care for us. We pray, Father God, that as we discuss this topic today, that these incorruptible seeds will fall on good ground from the youngest in our midst to the oldest. We believe, Father God, that it'll produce great fruit. And, and we believe, Father God, that the results of which will honor and glorify you and produce great results in our lives and in our families. We'll be careful to give you all the honor, all the glory and praise. And all of God's people said, amen. amen. We're starting a brand new series today, a four-part series entitled, When Opportunity Knocks. When Opportunity Knocks. I hope you know this today, but you need to know this, that God is a God of opportunity. God wants you living in opportunity every day. He doesn't want opportunity to be an exception in your life. He doesn't want it to be just maybe a one-time event or something that happens that is very rare in your life, but God wants you to daily walk and experience and benefit divine opportunities in your life. Have you ever met that person that have they, they have this uncanny ability to be in the right place at the right time? They're always experiencing these great opportunities in life, and man, you admire them, and, and while you rejoice with them, even though you don't want to, um, you think secretly in your heart, Lord, what about me? When is it going to be my turn? When am I going to be able to enjoy blessings like that, success like that? When am I going to be able to be in a place where I experience the, the goodness of God in, in that way? See, God wants you prepared and ready to walk through every door of opportunity he has in store for you. Doors. Doors are pretty amazing. Let's talk for a few minutes about doors. Because you don't realize how many doors you enter and exit on a regular basis. Doors are everywhere. I don't know if we realize the types of doors that we're always going through and what these doors represent and how powerful and motivating these doors can be 
in our lives. Have you thought for a moment the types of doors that we kind of deal with on a regular basis? We got front doors and back doors and sliding doors and pocket doors and Dutch doors and basement doors and bedroom doors and bathroom doors and closet doors and fire rated doors and glass doors, garage doors, bulkhead doors, right? The list goes on and on, the amount of doors that we seem to have in our homes and apartments and places of employment. And a door can be an entrance or an exit. It could be a bridge to something great, or it could be a a limiter um, and cause us to to live our lives in a limited fashion, a barrier. A door can communicate, you're welcome here, or it can communicate, you're not welcome here. A door can represent acceptance or rejection. And you might think, "I, I, I just can't get over that door. I can't get past that door. A door can be a door of protection that provides access to new opportunities, a door can, can be a, a place where we open our lives and keep us in a place where we are constantly going from one new adventure into the next adventure. So many applications to how doors are used in our lives. Now, in the Bible, doors have great spiritual significance. It starts from the very top, right? Jesus describes himself as a door, doesn't he? He is a door. He is the way to salvation. He says, I am the way. The Bible talks about a narrow door that leads to life and a wide door that leads to death. And there are doors that when God opens, no man can close, right? And there are doors that when God closes, no man, right, can open. There are doors that that for answered prayer. And at these doors, we're called to what? Keep on knocking, the Bible says. Why? And that door of answered prayer will be opened up to you. The Holy Spirit will guide us and let us know that's the right door, that's the wrong door. We know there's always access to the presence of God through the door of worship and praise, right? And the Bible itself is called a mirrored door, that when we read God's Word, it's not just telling us about God, but it's a book that we should look and see ourselves there as a reflection of who we really are. Oftentimes, all we do is read the Bible instead of letting the Bible read us to tell us who we really are and the real us. So there are many kinds of doors and metaphors about doors that we want to get into in this series that I believe will help you tremendously. Our key verse that we're going to read here in a moment uh, is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Here the Apostle Paul is informing the church at Corinth. He says, you know, I want to come to you, and when I do, I'm going to have an extended stay. But right now, I'm in Ephesus, and I need to stay here. And here's why he said he needed to stay here. 1 Corinthians 16, 9 says, For a great and effective door has opened to me, and there are many adversaries. Well, the Amplified Bible of the same verse says this, For a wide door of opportunity... For effectual service has opened to me. There a great and promising one. And there are many adversaries. See, over the past four decades of Verna and our life and our marriage, we have been overwhelmed by the amount of doors God has opened for us. Doors that we could have never opened on our own. Doors that led to places of, of, of influence and instruction and mentoring. Man, there have been times we've had to pinch ourselves literally and say, are we really here? Is this really happening? 
Look what God has done and where he's taken these two little Italians and where God has brought us from. Doors of favor and provision. Doors where, where we have met people that we highly respect and value um, for who they are and for what they've accomplished and then their investment into our lives. Doors that have allowed us to communicate the gospel around the world. Doors of opportunity that have blessed our family and, and we're grateful for that. Then I think about the 37 years that I've pastored this church and I think about what God has done for all of us. It's overwhelming when you can look around and, and all of us in three different services and from every background and 60 different nations and how God has brought us and look what he's done for us. Look what he's done for your family. Look what he's done for your businesses and look what he's done for you as an individual and where you were when you first came here and look at where you are now. It's overwhelming, isn't it? It's amazing what God has done and the doors that, that God has opened for us and the doors that we have opened for others. Now, let me be honest with you. As grateful as I am about all the doors God's opened for my family and your family and for IFC, they pale in comparison to the doors he's about to open, the opportunities that are about to come our way the opportunities that he desires to bring. Amen. You think God's been good to you so far. You think God's been good to you. You think God's opened all kinds of doors and your life is better than it ever has. And if it's not quite yet, hold on because we serve a good God, a God of many chances and a God that loves us and cares for us and wants to help us in the everyday doubts and overwhelming challenges of life. Amen. I believe we're about to enter into a season that God is saying, if you want to take advantage of what's about to come for you, you need to get ready. You need to get ready. You need to get ready because I believe it's important that you need to know today that when opportunity knocks, and we believe opportunity is always knocking, but we believe this is going to be a familiar sound around here at IFC. Amen. And in order to take advantage of the knock of opportunity, it's very important that we get ready, that we are in that place that God desires to bless us. See, doors of breakthrough and provision for your family and doors of healing and restoration for your relationships and doors of strategy and favor for your business and doors of love and compassion, helping us to reach many more hopeless and helpless individuals that are far from God. It's time to prepare our hearts. It's time to grow our faith. It's time to set our expectations higher than we ever have for what God desires to do in our lives. Amen. Here's the secret. And the secret of walking in God's highest and best is to be ready when opportunity knocks. Be ready when opportunity knocks. And the question you're going to hear over and over again in this series, will you be ready when opportunity knocks? See, the readiness is not up to God. It's up to you. God's not waiting. We're not waiting on God. God is waiting on us. God is waiting on us to take responsibility. God is waiting on us to, to make the hard decisions. God is waking on, waiting on us to be responsible and to do all that we need to do. So I want us to be ready as a church when opportunity knocks. I want you to be ready and your family to be ready when opportunity knocks. Amen. So let's take a few minutes today and talk about the importance of doors. And let me tell you five things today that I believe you need to know about the doors 
in your life. Are you ready? Are you glad you came today? Amen. Number one, every door is a decision. Every door is a decision. In the Bible, doors are metaphors for choices that we make in our everyday life. See, your choices, not your circumstances, determine your destiny. Now, I could just preach on that for the next hour because so many of us blame so many of the things. And you need to know, and not that I'm negating your circumstances, not that I'm negating how difficult that neighborhood was or your family was or the fact that your parents split up at a young, at you were so young and the challenges that that brought in your life or the rejection and the difficult situations in your life. I'm not negating the circumstances in your nation that caused you to leave your nation and, and come to a, a country that would welcome you and cause you to be the best and live the dream of your life that you could not leave and live in the country that you're from. But you got to understand something, as powerful as all those circumstances are, what's even greater than that are your choices. Your choices, not your circumstances, determine your destiny. It's easier to blame your circumstance than take personal responsibility for your choices. See, when you don't want to be responsible for your choices, it's easy to blame your circumstance. It's easy to blame your pastor or your mother or your father or your boss or, or your friend or your neighborhood or, or the lack of money that I have. It's easy to blame other things, but when you're personally responsible, you realize that circumstances might be a factor, but what trumps circumstances are great choices. Amen. We need to learn early in life that just because there's a door there does not mean you're supposed to walk through it. The second thing you need to know about doors is number two, your destiny will be shaped by which doors you walk past and which doors you walk through. Very important that you discern the ones you should just keep on walking. There's a door there, but just because there's a door there doesn't mean you're supposed to walk through it. That sometimes as wonderful as that door might seem, you just need to keep on walking and make sure you don't walk past the doors that you're supposed to be walking through. The challenge for us all is to know them which doors are the right ones. Because every time you walk through a door, there's a price to pay. It'll cost you time, money, effort, energy, drama, relationships, partnerships. It'll cost you many things. And so that's why it's important that we understand which door to go through. There will be a price you will pay, but you want to pay the right price for the right door, right? Let's be honest. How many of you here today would say, I thought for sure that was the right door. Walk through it and it turned out to be the worst door of your life. Let me see your hand. Remember, you can't lie. You're in church right? Absolutely. See, I, 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 I'd have to do all four things, but I'd fall over because I qualify for that. Absolutely. Who doesn't, right? Welcome to the neighborhood. And I'm sure you would agree with me that that's not fun. It's not fun going through the wrong doors. And depending on the type of door, it will determine the level of consequences that we face. For some, the consequences are small. It wasn't a big deal. But then there are other people that are paying a major price for walking through the wrong door. 
Many people today, many years later, are still hurting on the inside or still not living in their, their, the, the fulfillment of their life, still have not had restoration, still are, are suffering in many areas because of the choices that we make. That's why it's so important to get it right. So how do we, how do we know which doors to pass? How do we know which doors to walk in? Well, the Bible calls it discernment. Discernment. And we will talk about that at length next week. So you got to come back to find out how do, we, how do we measure which doors to go through and which doors that we pass. See, the more discerning you are, the wiser you will be, enabling you to choose the right doors. Amen. Especially when it comes to money and relationships. And one of our favorite scriptures here at IFC is Deuteronomy 30, 19. Today I have given you the choice, God is saying, between life and death between blessing and curses. Now I call on heaven and on earth to witness the choice you make. Oh, that you would choose life. It's an open book test. He gives us the answers. Amen. So that you and your descendants might live. Why is it so important to go through the right door? Because your family's at stake. It's never just you. Why do we go through the right doors? Because there's so much at stake. When you make the right choice, man, everybody benefits. And when you make the wrong choice, right, there are more people than we realize will also have a detriment because of that. I've always been amazed how many people I meet, I meet who have a broken chooser. They seem to always choose wrong, looking for love in all the wrong places, investing their money in all the wrong people, putting themselves in a situation where they never seem to always kind of be in the right place at the right time. And it gets frustrating when you know you have a broken chooser. It gets frustrating and you just kind of write off relationships. And I'm always picking the wrong guy. I'm always picking the wrong girl. I'm always picking the wrong investment. I'm always picking the wrong place to this or that. You know, and, and what happens is when you don't have a good chooser, you quit choosing and you stop living. And you no longer want to go through any more doors because you're tired, right? Let's make a deal. And you want the car, but you always get the donkey. And they're not the same, right? They're not the same at all. And so when you don't have a good chooser and when your chooser is broken, you realize you just give up and you think, well, I'm just going to do my own thing. And, and you live way beneath your rights and you settle for something that's never God's best. And you're always in a place that you know in your heart of hearts, this can't be all that God has for me. And we settle. And that's the danger for us all. And the Holy Spirit wants to help you fix your chooser so you can choose right and you can look back and say, yeah, I made that choice. And God helped you and the Holy Spirit enabled you. And we'll talk more about that as the series continues. The third thing you need to know about doors is this. A door may be several things, but a door may be an opportunity from God. Flat out, an opportunity from God. These are the good doors that we should walk through. Back to our key verse of scripture today. It says, for a great and effective door has opened up to me, and they, there are many adversaries. Again, the Amplified Version said this again. It said that a wide door of opportunity, and that's the only part I want about that. It's a wide door of opportunity. Man, it sounds like the kind of doors we want to go through. And let's explain to you, and we can go back to the other verse, thank you, um, and we can recognize today that, that this verse describes how wide this door is. So if we look up the word great 
and the word effective, man, they are strong words. The word great means unusually large in size and dimension. Effective means valid or powerful, producing desired results. Does that sound like doors you'd like to go through? Maybe you've been through a few of these kind of doors and you realize, man, that was some serious door. That opportunity changed my life, changed my financial position, changed my business, changed my attitude about women, my attitude about men, my attitude about God, my attitude about church. Amen. And God has great and effective opportunities for each one of us. It's not just for a few of us. It's not just for ministers or for good people or for people that seem like they got their act together and, and, and they're kind and loving. Man, no, God has this for everyone. God is an equal opportunity redeemer. He really is. He really is. Now, sounds like the doors you want to go through, but why aren't there more people walking through these great doors? Who wouldn't want to walk through a great door? Who wouldn't want to walk through an effective door? Who wouldn't want there to be desired results? Who wouldn't want to make more money? Who wouldn't want to have a great family? Who wouldn't want their life to be in better order? Who wouldn't want there to, to overcome things that have always tripped you up in your past? Of course, we all would. Because you know what? Why it's so different? Because why it's so difficult? Because hanging around the door are what? Adversaries. Wow. Adversaries. Another translation besides adversaries calls it opposition. See, there's a reason why more of us are not walking through the doors we're praying for, the doors we're longing for, the doors we're desperate for. There's a reason for it because we know that there are many adversaries standing at the way and in the way at every entrance of a God opportunity. Here's what I learned over the years. Opportunity plus opposition equals God's will. I know you don't like that. I didn't either. I don't either. But that's a fact of life. You want to be in the middle of God's will? You want the God opportunity that he is making ready for you, that he wants you to ready yourself with? Then you need to understand something. Opportunity plus opposition equals God's will. It's a fact of life. I mean, you can't get over it. It says this, when God, listen very carefully, when God opens a wide door of opportunity for you, it will be the right door, but it doesn't mean it will be a problem-free door. I can't tell you about how many good people quit at their first flat tire. Man, they feel like I'm ready to go do this. I'm ready to go back to school. I'm ready to get a better job. I, I want to better myself. I want to marry the right person. I, I, I want the, a business that prospers. I'm willing to take a chance and step out on my dream. And, and as soon as they do, boom, they got a flat tire and say, huh, must not have been God. Hello? Maybe it very much was God. That's why you got the flat tire. That's why life got tough, because you dared to believe there was more for you. You dared to believe that God had an opportunity for you. Not just Pastor Jonathan, not just so-and-so, not just that person that I highly respect. No, no, no. God has one for you. Absolutely. See, where God guides he provides. There's no doubt about it. So rest assured, being in God's will means he'll help you deal with the problems. That's why growing character and getting deeper 
and growing in strength, growing in Christ and growing in God's word is so vital. That's why we stress that all the time here is to get stable and to grow in God and grow up in God. Why? So you can handle the opposition when it's time for you to walk through that door. Amen. Listen very carefully. You can't get around this. The bigger the opportunity, the greater the opposition. You can, keep go, you can keep going through those weenie doors if you want to. You can keep going through the low-hanging fruit if you want to. You can go ahead and pick the fruit off the ground if you want to. It's usually got some worms and some holes and settle for something rotten. Part of it's good, part of it's not good. We settle for things. We'll take the rotten because at least there's a little portion of it that I can cut out that might be good. But those high-hanging opportunities... Those that require a little bit of climbing, a little bit of energy, and a little bit of opportunity. How many times have I told you that, that, that as we understand the children of Israel walking to the promised land, those grapes that were bigger than any grapes they ever saw, they were not there placed in their mouth. They were within their, their reach, right? They weren't placed in their mouth. They didn't sit back with a good-looking woman fan in their face, right? Ah, another grape, please. No, the grapes are for those that are willing to reach for the grapes, reach and go after what God has for them. And here's how I learned this. It's very important that you can understand this today. Now, I was going through a season where everything seemed so hard. Man, it was opposition after opposition. It just seemed like it was one after another. And you know as well as I do, when opposition comes, it's never one front. It's like five fronts right? It's your marriage, it's your children, it's the finances, it's your body, it's your job, it's your boss, right? It's the car. Never fails. It's more than one thing that happens when you're on this journey called life. I was going through one of those seasons where it seemed like it was so hard, taking so long. I started complaining, said, God, why is it so hard? Come on, give me a break. Have you ever thought that? Don't get spiritual now. Come on, right? Not just me. And I heard in my heart so clearly these words. The odds have always been against the righteous. The odds will always be against the righteous. Get over it. I thought that wasn't very loving. Well, I am pouring out my heart and he tells me to get over it with an attitude. Get over it. And you know what I learned? I learned that I was making much of a bigger deal than I needed to about the opposition in my life. I was making opposition the issue and not the dream. I was making the opposition the issue and not what the Lord put in my heart to do. And I was making opposition the biggest problem when the Lord was telling me and saying to me, you want to succeed at this? You want, a, you want the high hanging fruit? You want my highest and best? Then you're going to have to get over the fact that opposition is coming your way. You got to toughen up, Jonathan. You got to realize and quit being such a whiner. And you got to realize that if you want to succeed, you're going to have to go through some storms. And I was making the storm the issue. And many of you are making your storm the issue today. You're letting the storm stop you. The words that are negative stop you. The feelings, the, 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 the no. You've been asking for something and all you're hearing is no, no, no. You can't do that. That's impossible. You can't afford that. You can't go there. That business will never grow there. You can't do any of that. And you're letting all that stop you. 
Let me tell you something. Jesus himself dealt with it. He told his disciples, take me to the other side. And what happened? Storm rose up. Had to be a pretty good storm for these fishermen to feel like their life was threatened. Like they were going to die. And the storm became the issue. Jesus, wake up. We're about to die. Don't you care? Jesus didn't come and say, oh, I'm sorry, guys, and give them all hugs. No. He said, oh, ye of little faith. He rebuked them. Why? Because they had a word from the Lord. The Lord said, take me to the other side. The storm wasn't the issue. The storm was where they were on their way to. You're on your way somewhere. You really are. And the devil would love to stop you en route in route, stop you as you're getting closer and closer and faith is rising up and you're hearing good things and hope is rising in your heart. You pick yourself up and you go at it again. And the enemy would love for you to make opposition the bigger deal than it needs to be. I promise you, I have never felt more opposition when we were believing God for this building. This building went into foreclosure. Nike used to own this building. Uh, Converse World Headquarters was here. Um, and uh, it went to foreclosure, and a very large insurance company owned it. They gave us no respect. They couldn't believe that a church would want to buy a building this size. They didn't give us the time of day. We really felt like we were victims of religious prejudice. Absolutely. Every step along the way, there was opposition. Seven or eight times, the deal fell through. At one particular time when the deal fell through, we thought, oh my goodness, this is, this is it. And they, they, they thought, this is no way. We're going to give this to the next highest bidder. Um, how could a church afford $7 million? How could a church be in a position to, to afford a building like that? And I was out with a friend, and I got the phone call that said, the deal is done. And I had to leave. The deal was done. No good. Okay. Uh, yeah, failed. <laughs> You're all so positive. I love you guys. <laughs> give yourself a round of applause. Uh, it didn't work. It's finished. On my way home, I heard the Lord say in my heart, Jonathan, this is, this is not too difficult for you to believe. My will is not too hard for you. This is not too hard for you. You need to be thinking about the thousands of people that will be affected in this building. People's lives will be changed. The marriage is saved. The people given hope. The people not quitting. The people that get a dream. And, it, and listen, you need to focus on not the storm, but what's going to go on inside the building. Amen. And when he said that to me, that's been a mainstay of mine that said, the will of God is not too hard. It's not too difficult. You need to tell yourself right now, whatever you're going through, it's not too hard. It's not too difficult. In fact, tell your neighbor, it's not too hard. Why? There's so much at stake and we got to learn that. And I've learned that the bigger the opposition and the bigger the opposition there is, now opposition, I don't like it. I don't sign up for it, but it gets my attention. It's now, it's now an alarm. Er, 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 somebody's not happy that you're stepping out, right? Pay attention. And you know what? It kind of makes me excited because it shows me I'm heading in the right direction. I used to think it might be because I'm going in the wrong direction. Now it's telling me I'm going in the right direction. You know when you're going in a wrong direction. You know when you're off. You know when you're full of your flesh. You know when you're, 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 you're doing something for you and not for others. You know the difference. And when your motives are right, you will know this opposition is not, it is to try to stop me, but it's not the issue. 
It is what's in my heart, the dream, the plan, the purpose of God that's in my heart. Amen. You're bound by opposition. Get over it already. This will help somebody. I saved you a lot of money today. <laughs> Number three, a door may be an opportunity, and we'll go faster now with the rest of these. A door may be an opportunity from God or a distraction from others. You know, it's not just God that has a big plan for you. Everybody else has a big plan for you, right? Everybody else thinks, you're going to need this. Invest your money here. Come partner with me here. Do this here. Do this here. And oftentimes, it's just a big distraction. Oftentimes, it's just a waste of time. Oftentimes, you don't want to do your own work. Your, your chooser is so broken, you've not, you've not taken the time to ask. And what happens is we get ourselves in a whole lot of problems, and they become dead ends, and we waste time and money and energy and relationships. And, and, and it's because there's an open door doesn't mean it's God's will. It's because you, they say how good it is or how perfect it will be for you doesn't mean it's your door. It requires discernment to know, is this God or is this a distraction? And finding number three on this point, a, a door may be an opportunity from God, a distraction from others, or a trap from Satan. Jesus addressed this in his own life. Here he is preparing his disciples, himself and his disciples to die on the cross. We find a story, we pick it up here, where, where Peter just passed the test. And Jesus says, who do men say that I am? And Peter says, man, you're the Christ. You're the son of the living God. Bingo. You got it, Peter. You answered the question right. And then Jesus tells them what's going to take place. And Peter tries to stop him. Peter tries to say, you're not going to do that. You're not going to go in that direction. And Peter tries to stand in the way. And here's what it says in Matthew 16, 23. Jesus turned to Peter, the one who just got applauded for answering the right question, and said, he said to him, get away from me, Satan. That's pretty strong. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's. Wow. Let me tell you something. Anytime I look at my future from a human point of view and not God's, it could be a trap. Anytime I look at my problems from a human point of view and not God's, it's a trap. Anytime I look at my relationships from a human point of view and not God's, it can be a trap. My money, you name it. Anytime you look at your life from a human point of view and not God's, it can be a trap. You might ask, what's the human point of view? I don't get it. Here's a human point of view. Well, pastor, I'll make more money. Pastor, the weather is warmer. Pastor, it's on sale. Pastor, I got approved for the credit. Pastor, she's hot. Pastor, he makes so much money. Pastor, I got the acceptance letter in the mail. See, all those things sound so wonderful. And I'm not suggesting that God's against any of them. They're just incomplete. You know why? Because you still have to inquire of the Lord. You still have to have discernment. You still have to make a decision, not based on the fact you're going to make more money. How many people have switched jobs, made more money, and a month later they got laid off? Something got messed up there. Well, she's gorgeous. Look at her now. I, I should have said that. 
Sorry, I got in the flesh. Right? You need <laughs> I just kind of slipped out. <laughs> All right, let's bring it back. Just because it's warmer doesn't mean it's God. How many people have moved, done all kinds of things, and it turned out to be the worst thing because you went from a human point of view? How many students went off to college and we almost lost them because they based it on a letter in the mail and not a prayer to heaven? Right? It could be a trap. Let's move on. I'm having too much fun here. The fourth part. These next two go pretty quick here. God's will, God will open doors for you if you will open doors for others. Wow. This is so important. This gets God's attention. It's not just about you now. It's not just about the door I need. It's not just about the break that I need. It's called the golden rule. Now, the Bible doesn't call it the golden rule. Men call it the golden rule, but there is such a thing, and it's found in Luke 6.31. It says, do to others as you would have them do to you. The next translation says this. I love this in the Message Bible. Here is a simple rule of thumb for behavior. Ask yourself what you want people to do for you, then grab the initiative and do it for them. Oh, I love this. See, the golden rule is for what purpose? It's to check your selfishness. It's to cause you to learn how to be a giver. It causes you to learn how to be a generous person. We'll talk more about this in this series. The importance of that boomerang effect that when you open a door for somebody else, God will make sure doors are open for you. Proverbs 11 says it so plainly, the world of the generous gets larger and larger. That's why IFC keeps growing. Let's just be honest. We're generous. It's the world of the generous. And the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. And those who help others are helped. Don't you love that? Amen. I love it with all my heart. It's so good. Number five, I want to close with this. God will crap, oh, crack, crack, yeah, that's a better word. God will crack open a door. I'm on a roll today. I got one more service to go, so help me, please. <laughs> Number five, God will crack open a door to give you a glimpse of your future long before you're ready to walk through it. Why? to inspire you to grow. See, God doesn't want you to leave you the way you are. He loves you too much. He doesn't want you just to have a glimpse of only your past, only your generational past, only what grandma did and grandfather did, or only what parents have accomplished. Well, nobody else has gone to school. Nobody else got citizenship in the United States. Nobody else was able to get that big break. Nobody else was able to, to press through and, and do all that they do. You see, you're not quite ready for the whole picture. God knows that. God knows there's time for you to still build character, strengthen Christ, to have an understanding of God's love and be free on the inside. God gets it. And he knows you're not ready. And the good news is God will never show you your life all at once. God will never give you a map and show you the beginning of your life all the way to the end of your life and all the path that you are to take. Now, you want that map. Let's be real. But you don't really want that map. And the reason why you don't want that map is because it'll freak you out. It'll cause you to say, what? I'm going to go where? I'm going to marry who? I'm going to do what? I'm going to be in, that many, in front of that many people? What? What? 
And you know what? You'll just simply write yourself off. And God knows that. God knows it's only a door at a time, a glimpse at a time, a small piece at a time, little by little by little. Amen. See, the only person that can ruin your destiny is you. God won't, Satan can't, and other people aren't big enough. And you need to know something, that God gives you a glimpse to inspire you. My wife, Verna, she got her first glimpse when she was 13 years old. And she saw a glimpse of being a pastor's wife. I got my first glimpse when I was 15 years old, when I got my first glimpse that I knew that one day I would pastor. It was just a glimpse. I didn't see all this. I didn't see all the years of favor and challenge and opposition, difficulty, times in my marriage where we wondered if, it would, if we would succeed, time in this church if we thought we had the goods to take it to the next level. On and on it went. But you know what that glimpse did? That glimpse changed our lives. That glimpse inspired me. That glimpse said, I need to get ready. That glimpse said, God has something bigger and better in store for me. That glimpse caused us to realize we weren't going to settle for second best. We were going to settle for something else, something easier. Man, that's a pretty intimidating glimpse. Now, granted, my, my father and, and, and both my grandfathers are ministers, and several of his brothers are ministers, so it ran in our family. I, I, I get that, but, but, but I knew that I would pastor very differently than the generations before me. But the fact remains that it, it kept me. And while my life was a lot more rebellious than Verna's was as the years went on, you can ask her. It just kept her pure. It kept her moving forward. It kept her living life right because she saw a glimpse of what God saw. I saw a glimpse of what God saw in Jonathan Del Turco. Even though I didn't see it myself. Even though I tried to mess it up. Even though I tried to, to ruin so many things. A glimpse is what? It's a, it's a knowing that drops in your heart. It's a picture. It's a thought that doesn't go away. It's something inside of you that thinks, wow, I could do that. I, I could do that for the rest of my life. And the glimpse changes our heart. One last scripture and I close. Habakkuk 2. Here's how God works. The things that I am planning for you won't happen right away. Slowly, steadily, surely, the time approaches when the vision will be fulfilled. If it seems slow, do not despair, for these things will surely come to pass. Just be patient. They will not be overdue a single day. That's a word for you today, to encourage your heart today. No matter what season you find yourself in today, amen. Little by little, why does he do it little by little? Because if he gave it to you too fast, you wouldn't have the character to handle the opposition. The opposition would eat your lunch. If God, at 27 years old, when I started International Family Church, if God showed me this and tried to give me this at 27 years old, guess what? It would have never happened. I would have thought you're nuts, right? Back then, who had two nickels to rub together, right? So God knows, little by little. He gives us victories along the way. He gives us the lion and the bear before Goliath ever comes. And we recognize and understand how that is. So the question is today as I close, when opportunity knocks, are you going to be ready? What it means to be ready? Maybe it means I go to counseling. Maybe it means 
I go back to school. Maybe it means I get out of debt. Maybe it means I finally get in order that part of my life that God has been dealing with me so long. Maybe it's time for me to say, I'm sorry to somebody or forgive me to somebody or I forgive you. Maybe it's time to make sure that that part that's broken inside of you, you get some attention to realize you're worth being whole. You're worth living in the goodness of God and letting God love you and give you a second chance. It's time to quit writing yourself off. It's time for you to say yes to God. But it's time for you to say, it's time for me to get ready. God wants to answer your prayer. But the prayer you should be asking, not the breakthrough, the prayer you should be praying today is, Lord, what do I need to do to get ready? We're saying the same thing as a staff. We're saying the same thing as a church. What do we need to do to get ready for the great and effective door that God wants to open to us? What do we need to do? What are the steps that we need to do? Businessman, businesswoman, mom, dad, young adult, person just starting off. I promise you, if you'll pray, God, what do I need to do to get ready? He'll open your eyes and give you a glimpse of what you're getting ready for, which totally causes you to say, it's time now. It's time to ask the tough questions. It's time to deal with a tough past. It's time to deal with that broken heart. It's time to deal with my relationship with God. It's time to deal with my relationship with God's word. It's time to stand up and be responsible because God is wanting to bless you like you can't believe. But you need to get ready. So when opportunity knocks, will you be ready? I hope you learned something this morning. Come on, stand to your feet with me, please, as we close the service. Thank you, Father. Come on, lift up those hands towards heaven today if you can. If you so desire today. Father, we surrender to you. Close your eyes. I say, oh God, thank you for allowing me to be in this service today. This was so important for me to hear these things today. Father, you're so serious about blessing us. There's a God part and a man part. A God part and a woman part. We want to do our part so you can do your part. Oh, Father, we love you. Lord, I ask you to Heal hearts and memories of all the times we walked through those wrong doors. The pain it caused. The heartache it caused. The challenge that it caused. The unhealthy thoughts that came in our minds. Oh God, we thank you that you're a God of new beginnings. You're a God of opportunity, a God of destiny. And Father, change the way we think and change our perspective to line up with your will and your plan today. In Jesus' name. As your eyes are closed, there's an important door that every one of us who are born on planet Earth need to go through. And that's the door of salvation. Jesus said it best. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me before you can go through any other door in your life, you want to make sure that you've already gone through the door of salvation. Your sins are forgiven. Jesus lives in your heart and you're a follower of Christ. 
I want to make sure today, no matter who you are, where you're from, that you've walked through the door. Have you walked through the door of salvation? Are you a follower of Christ today? Are your sins forgiven? Is heaven your home? You can rest assured today and have confidence to make that decision today. As Pastor Tom's going to come and close the service, I'm going to ask you in a moment, if you need prayer today for salvation, you need prayer to have your sins forgiven, a brand new start to go through that door, I'm going to ask you to raise your hand in a moment. Not to embarrass you, not to ask you to come forward. I'm not going to do any of that. I want you to raise your hand because I want you to be saying, out of the intentionality of my heart, I'm going to man up today. I'm going to woman up today. I'm going to be responsible today. I want to make the next right step. Before any other steps can be made, make the right step, the most important step, and walk through the door. Jesus is that door. Say, Pastor, pray for me, please. If that's you, will you raise your hand nice and high so I can know who you are? Raise it up high. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I see all those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Raise it up high today. Yes, thank you. 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 My goodness. Thank you. God bless you, ma'am. Thank you. Who else? Who else? Raise it up high today. Yeah, thank you. Over here. Thank you. I see it back there. Thank you. I see it, ma'am. Thank you. God bless you. Who else? Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am. I see it. Wow. Yep, I see it. Thank you. God bless you. You can put that hand down. God bless you. See, I'm not asking you to join a church. It's not about church. It's about starting a relationship with Jesus Christ. About starting a spiritual journey. Amen. And a, a journey that God wants to take you by the hand and help you with. And we want to be right alongside of you, encouraging you and helping you to fulfill the will and plan and opportunity of God. Anybody else before I pray? Where's it up high today? Jesus. Let's all pray this prayer together, whether you raise your hand or not. Let's pray together. Father, in Jesus' name, here's my heart. I need you, Jesus. I can't do this by myself. Forgive me from my sin. I denounce my past. I want to live for you, Jesus, all the days of my life. I declare you as my Lord and Savior. I surrender to your Lordship. You're in charge now. You're the boss. I receive by faith forgiveness, salvation, and eternal life. Amen. God bless you. Come on, rejoice with those three people today. God bless you today. Thank you. Thanks for listening. To stay connected, find out our service times, or how you can get involved, please visit INCLFamilyChurch.com for more information. Our mission at International Family Church is to help you know God for yourself, to find freedom in your life, to discover your God-given purpose, and help you make a difference in the lives of those around you. One of the easiest ways you can do that is simply by sharing this podcast and connecting with us online. You can do so by subscribing, leaving a review on iTunes, or sharing it with your friends on Facebook. Thanks again for listening.